this is something then that's like outside the normal realm of normal Amazon type dildo stuff. Like maybe you could find like a used seller that's like price gouging it, offering it for like a thousand dollars. But like David, I don't think you buy used dildos on Amazon. Or maybe you can. I'm not sure. I did not look into that. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty good condition. <laughs> A few scrapes and bumps, but still works. Often bought with antiseptic wipes. <laughs> They're just some things you don't want to share, you know? Smashing Security, episode 234. Cozy Bear, Dildo Scams, and Robo Hires and Fires, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 234. My name is Graham Cluley. <laughs> and I'm Carol Terrio. And we're joined this week by a returning guest, a chap who hasn't been on the show for far too long. It's David Bisson. Hello, David. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Am I right in remembering that the last time you came on, we tried to record in, like, the <laughs> worst storm ever? Yes. Sure did. Sure yeah. did. And then, yeah, like, cut out, like, halfway before yes. <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> and I think we have it live, but we have you just having disappeared and we yep. carried on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We haven't done that with anybody else, so, you know, that gives you a unique quality, David. I gotta say, I feel real special about that. <laughs> Come on, it was funny. Well, let's hope lightning doesn't strike twice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Boo! <laughs> so how's it going, David? What's going on in your life? Just, you know, writing and uh, doing all kinds of stuff, you know, always looking for new opportunities. So if anyone knows of any uh, writing stuff, send it my way. Okay. Always looking. Yeah, yeah. You and Graham worked together for a bit, right? Yes. We did. We did. We were, uh, we were very chummy. Those days. <laughs> in those days. Graham, is he, is he any good? Is he any good? David's, David's terrific. Graham, Graham is one of the best people that I've actually had the experience of working for. Oh, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Wow. I, I, I miss it. I miss it. Oh. I can't say I share that feeling all the Yikes. time. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> all right. I guess this is uh, two, three, four, the last episode. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to this week's sponsor, 1Password. Its support helps us give you this show for free. So coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? I'm going to be cozying up to some bears who aren't that cuddly. Oh, okay. <laughs> David, what about you? I've got a story about dildos. Whoa! <laughs> I, and I have to follow with... <laughs> Should we care that robots are firing people? All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums, allow me to get theatrical for a moment. <clears throat> What's Montague? It is nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's in a name that which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet? Is this Macbeth? No, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, is it Juliet? Oh! That's my impression of Juliet. Oh! I should know that from Montague, actually. You're right. That's there pretty good. Are. I gotta yeah. say. Thank you very much. The dramatic pauses and everything? You seem like you've like read that before. Well, you see, in my day... Uh, I thought he was having trouble with the three-syllable words. <laughs> The female parts were taken by men back then, you see. So I didn't think it was that out of character for me to do it. Yeah, times haven't changed. You're right. They, they haven't really. The, the no. reason why I bring this up is it's all about names. Because I don't know about you, but I find it somewhat confusing, the naming of hacking groups. Yeah. And how every security company seems to call hacking groups by different names and trying to keep track 
Oh, they should be all called the same name? Well, wouldn't that be handy? If so we all knew they were talking about the same one. Hacker 234. And is that just like, is that just like a branding thing for like the, the company? Like, is that just saying, oh, look, mm-hmm. at, look at what we've done? I think sometimes it is because sometimes I feel like that the headline goes to the one with the grooviest name. So what I thought I would do <laughs> is I would talk about a hacking group called Cozy Bear. Mm. And I am going to give you some other names used by other security companies for Cozy Bear, right? And you can tell me if this is really a name used by another security company for Cozy Bear or one that I've added, okay? I'm not sure I'm following you at all. Are you saying that different companies are referring to this hacking group by different names? Correct. And they are doing this because? Because dot, 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 who knows why, but they are. Maybe for convenience, maybe for marketing, maybe just because shits and giggles. I'm not sure. Are these security companies that are doing it? Yes, they're doing this because they can't agree on the name. Wouldn't that be fun if, like, every journalist, like, gave it a different name? <laughs> it's like Schmuggledorf. <laughs> and what then happens is that the journalists, they will say, Cozy Bear, brackets, also known as blah, blah, or blah, blah, or sometimes oh God, blah, yeah. blah, or blah, blah. And you end up listing umpteen names, yep. partly for the search engine optimization. All right, so this is, the, this is what we're going to do, guys. I'm going to read you <laughs> an alternative name for Cozy Bear. <laughs> okay. And you have to tell me if it is an alternative name for Cozy Bear or one that I've made up. All right? Gosh, okay. Every time it's a bloody quiz. Carol, I'm going to start with you. Dark Halo, is that yes. a name for... Yes. Yes, absolutely correct. David, Cozy Duke, is that a name for Cozy Bear? Cozy Duke. Yes. Absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, Carol, Daisy Duke. Yes. Daisy Duke, is that a... Yes. No, what? Yes. No, I'm afraid it's a character from the Dukes of Hazard. Um, David, uh, the Dukes, the Dukes. Is that another name for Cozy Bear? I'm going to say no. Mm, do you want to have a second guess? Okay. <laughs> yes. Absolutely right. Crow. Yes. Grizzly Step. Grizzly Step. Yes. Absolutely correct. David, Office Monkeys. Office Monkeys. You know, I, I want to say yes, but I'm going to go no. I'm afraid it is another name for Cozy Bear. It Carole, is, man. Carole, Stella Particle. I don't want to play anymore. We're very nearly finished. Stella Particle. No. Oh, I'm afraid it is a name for Cozy Bear. Good. David, Stella McCartney. Stella McCartney. Is that uh, another no. No. Absolutely great. Carole, APT24. APT24. Well, you wrote 29 in your document, so. <laughs> Behind the scenes, folks. I'm trying to catch you out. APT29 is absolutely correct. And David Nobelium. Nobelium. Uh, That's yes. You're absolutely right. It's not just a, um, what is it? It's uh, it's an element, isn't it? Nobelium. I think it's named after Nobel. But it's another name for Cozy Bear. Now, Cozy Bear, all those crazy names, that's what we're talking about today, right? Not Daisy Duke. We're talking about Cozy Bear by one of those previous names, not Stella McCartney. (laughs) Cozy Bear is one of the most notorious hacking gangs in the world. They are known for compromising organizations, political think tanks, and governments since at least 2010. They've stolen data from Germany, Uzbekistan, South Korea, They've attacked the Netherlands, the United States. They were the gang who were accused of the hack of the U.S. Democratic Party a few years ago. Oh, yes, where they lost millions, 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 millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the U.K.'s own NCSC, National Computer Security Center. My buddies. They Mm -hmm. have accused Cozy Bear of trying to steal research into coronavirus vaccines from Britain, the United States, Canada, 
Mm. So, you know, they're quite, you know, you think... Oh, not that cosy. You don't want to cosy up cozy. to them. <laughs> why are they... Co- <laughs> you might be, well, well, why, well, where, does, where, where is this gang based? Where do they come from? And the clue, the clue is in the name. Cozy Bear. Because one of the things security companies do is they try to group hacking groups which come from the same part of the world with similar names. So if it's a Chinese hacking group, they will often call it something dragon or influential panda or mm. something like that. And mm-hmm. if it's Russian, then it's the bears. That will, mm-hmm. So if you, if you see a hacking group with bear in the name. In the UK, we just call them GCHQ. And that's how you work out what the name of the hacking group is. So Cozy Bear is a Russian hacking gang. And it, its work appears, this is the, this is the curious thing, it, it, it appears to support the aims of the Russian regime and the, 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 the people in charge in Moscow and those of its allies as well. So it's strongly believed to be tied up with the folks at the Russian intelligence agencies. Would I go so far as to say working for the Russian intelligence agencies? No, no, you would not. Yes, I probably would. I, pro- <laughs> I probably would. I probably okay. would. Yeah. Yeah, I yep. probably would. No, I didn't do that. I said nothing. Carol, <laughs> Carol didn't, but I think probably. And um, there's, there's good reason for that, because a few years ago, it was revealed that the Dutch security and intelligence services, they actually hacked into the computer systems of the Cozy Bear hacking gang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember this? Yes, didn't you cover it? I think we might have mentioned it. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for so long. Anyway, so they spied spied on the hackers there Mm -hmm. for at least a year, and they even managed to catch the hackers on CCTV cameras going about their work, going to get a coffee... (laughs) going along the corridor because they were in these offices. And I think they, they, they sort of got hold of CCTV cameras outside the office so they could see when people were checking in. Going for smoke and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the time of day and they'd begin to associate. Picking their nose. Tax, all these kinds of things. So quite, quite extraordinary. And it's widely understood that the Dutch intelligence services, they helped America oust Crazy Bear. Sorry, not Crazy Bear. That's the name of a pub near where I live. Uh, <laughs> you hit that uh, pub a little early today, huh, Graham? <laughs> the Crazy Bear is. Have you been? You've been to the Crazy Bear, haven't you, Carl? The of pub. course. Yes. Yeah. They've got like a double decker bus park. It's for swank people. Park. It is a bit swanky, isn't it? Yep. It's a little bit over swanky. But, um, <laughs> Too swanky for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, they managed to oust Cozy Bear. <laughs> for, I don't know if the Crazy Bear pub is run by Russian hackers. <laughs> Or not. Doubt it, baby. Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. That would be dangerous. But anyway, the, the Dutch spies managed to help America oust these cozy bear hackers from computers at the U.S. State Department back in 2014. And, and according to reports, the U.S. spies were so grateful for this that they sent their Dutch colleagues cake, cookies, flowers, um, which is... It's what? Just, so yeah, for real. So the US were like, oh, we're, thanks so much. Here's some, here's some cake. Yeah, exactly. Imagine sending cookies to Dutch people. You know, they're going to be disappointed, aren't they, when they nibble on them? Seriously. Sending flowers to Dutch people. It's like tulips to Amsterdam, isn't it? It's, it's, not, it's not really. It's like sending a Canadian maple syrup. Yeah, it didn't yeah. really make sense, did it, for them to do that? But anyway, anyway. So you're wondering, what is the latest with Cozy Bear, also known as Nobelium? 
which is the name which Microsoft gave them. Well, they have been fingered for the Solar Winds hack that targeted governments and other agencies earlier mm. this year. We, we spoke about that in episode 214 mm-hmm. with Professor Alan Woodward. We, let's not go into that again. But most recently, news has reached us from the chaps and chapasses at Microsoft. And Microsoft says that it has been tracking new activity by the Nobelium or Cozy Bear gang. They say IT companies and government departments, mostly in the US and UK, are being targeted, but in all, something like 36 different countries. And according to Microsoft, most of these attacks have been unsuccessful, but... (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, they got you already. There you go. (laughs) Biohack. They COVID your ass. (laughs) According to Microsoft... Most of the attacks have been unsuccessful. They've taken the form of password spray and brute force attacks. But Microsoft says they are aware of, quote, three compromised entities. Now, Entities. This is, yes. Hmm. Now, this is where it gets interesting, right? Because I'm reading, I'm reading this Microsoft blog post, blah, blah, Nobelium, blah, blah, hackers, password spray and brute force, yada, yada, yada. I was about two-thirds of the way through the blog post. Um, before I came to something juicy, because there, nestled all amongst all the yada yada, you know, and all this, was this tiny mm-hmm. little detail from Microsoft, right? Two thirds in of the small, way down. Was it written in superscript? No, no, no. Subscript. It was <laughs> written in white text on a white background. Yeah. <laughs> you have to select it with your mouse. No, it's not quite that. Not quite that. But, but there, there they said, they said, um, well, so during our investigation, they said, um, we found evidence that um, data ceiling malware had been found on one of our own computers. <laughs> mm. Is that one of the entities? It's like we're aware that we've been one of those entities. Yeah. So c- could you say a bit quicker, please? Could you say a bit quicker? Data ceiling malware was found on one of our computers. So what Microsoft said was, oh, yeah, we found some malware on the computer of one of our customer support staff, which was stealing data basic account information on a small number of our customers. In other words, the headline should have been, holy fuck, we screwed up. (laughs) Again. I mean, wait to bury the lead. If you've been hit, it's possible. It's possible because we got hacked. So Microsoft, they say that the, by the way, I hate the way hackers are sometimes called actors. You know, they call them bad actors, don't they? Oh, I don't have a problem with that. Oh, I don't really like that. I find it confusing. No. Oh, well, I understand, honey. It's, it's it maybe a word that the kids use. I just but, always uh, think of like <laughs> Nicolas Cage or something like that. And I just think. Oh, whoa, just, whoa, whoa. Oh, hang on. I, hang on. I, Nicolas I mean, Cage fan club on the line the, right now. The, the, rock, <laughs> the Rock is like a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, Nick Cage, Sean Connery, like one of the best movies ever. Face Off? Come on. Like, oh my God. I, I think I walked out in Face Off. <laughs> oh, but it's it's so good because it's so over the top. That like fight scene at the end, it's like 15 minutes long. They're doves, their boats exploding. I mean, spoiler, but you know. <laughs> That's the one where Nicolas Cage... And John Travolta swap faces or something, sure, literally, in, in order to pretend to be the other person. Or it would be very useful now in this land of deep fakes and uh, you know, and surveillance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, hey Graham, let's swap faces. I just want to go to the Sainsbury's, not be noticed. So, 
So Microsoft, or maybe it wasn't Microsoft, right? Maybe it was Oracle. Maybe Oracle swapped faces with Microsoft. And th- maybe this isn't a blog post. Who knows? Who knows what we can trust anymore? Maybe it was a typo. Maybe. <laughs> Microsnot, they said. <laughs> Never heard anyway, that. Funny. They, funny. Say, they, say, they say that, um, that the bad actor used the information to launch highly targeted attacks against some of their customers. And they said, we responded quickly. And and we've been in contact with those customers um, to explain what happened. Can you imagine that call where they (laughs) bring up? Oh, I'm sure companies do it all the time. Yeah. Hello. Oh, yes, this is the, uh, what shall we be? Shall we be the Dutch government? Yes, Dutch government here. Oh, hello, it's Microsoft. (laughs) Why are we Sean Connery? (laughs) You started. Don't. I just, I just, yeah, I've given up. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> kind of embarrassing, isn't it? What, you? Anyway, finally, Microsoft <laughs> goes on to tell everyone about the importance of best practice safety precautions to keep the bad guys out of your network, which is certainly good advice um, coming from them. So no complaints there. So well done, Microsoft, for that. But um, yeah, way to, way to hide the story, I thought. Yeah. Which, well, we, no it, offense, Graham, but you kind of buried the lead two thirds down your story on this show well, <laughs> reporting this. You did exactly the same thing. So, so pot kettle, dude. Don't know what else to say, but I'm, I'm, I'd like to say thank you for that input, Kroll, and I'll send you some <laughs> <Noted>. flowers, <laughs> cake, and cookies <laughs> to make up for it. <laughs> David, what have you got for us this week? I have something that affected me personally that happened to me uh, a few weeks ago. So Hmm. um, I get the spam email um, talking about a shipping confirmation. It looks like something that you would get from Amazon. Okay. Um, And I look down and it looks like it's for a dildo. So I was like, okay, well, you know, that's that's interesting. I look at it comes with this picture, you know, and... uh, just straight away, um, I don't could know. You d- it, could you describe it for us, David? Could you- <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it it has various shapes, <laughs> and there's a remote controller involved. So, I you can't pa- reach. Or- <laughs> uh, I guess I guess for vibration, um, it looks painfully purple to me. It's it very is, it purple. Is, I don't think you very, look at it whilst it's in use. Very mm. purple. Very mm. purple. But the interesting thing is that the way that it's marketed in the image, it, it looks like it's sort of superimposed on top of a sanitary napkin. Which, yeah. is, oh. which is like really weird. I, like, is that part of the design or like, are they showing where it's supposed to go? Yeah. It looks like a cartoon character. The sanitary napkin? Or no, the whole, the whole thing. thing. It see? does. It looks a bit like... It um, has like ears and like I'm not going to name it. And then a big nose. One of you can name it. it I'm not naming that bit character. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if the connotation is right. It looks a bit to me like droopy, but you don't really want a droopy dildo, do you? But you remember the... Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> It's not that big a nose. Was his name Droopy, <laughs> the, 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 the dog? Oh, you're talking about Dumbo? No, Droopy, <laughs> you know. Now that's that's the name for a dildo. <laughs> yes! Oh. TM it, really, TM it, Dave. I really hoped we'd raise the tone this week. Oh, really? D- David, um, according to this email you've received, um, yeah. you've paid 790 US dollars for this and... Yeah, you've also agreed to pay a hundred dollars worth of shipping. 
How yeah. heavy is this thing? I mean, how, <laughs> I don't how think it goes by it? weight. <laughs> I, I'm really hoping that I can like incorporate it into my workout routine. Maybe do some like shoulder presses or something with this thing. And that that's that's really the cost was really the thing that got me. I was like, really? Wait, wait a second, like. That's like a month's rent. It's like, hold on, sanitary napkin. We gotta look into this price thing. So, so your advice, your advice to people is to sign up for Amazon Prime. I imagine because you'd you'd save an awful lot on the shipping if you did that. <laughs> why a hundred dollars? Like that is insane. For You're the, the one who ordered it, David. I yeah, don't know why I, you brought it to our podcast like this. I mean, man, it's just you know, I mean, Prime Day man comes around. It's like, ooh, gotta jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I looked at the price and I said, okay, I want to know more about this dildo. So, yeah. first I want to know, like, is this even a thing that I could buy on Amazon? So, I okay. said, let, let, me, yeah. let, me go, let me go on Amazon and let me search dildos. And what? You've entered that into Amazon? <laughs> I was logged out in an incognito window, so it has okay. not affected my search results. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was expecting you. You're going to get so many recommendations if you do that. Yeah. Okay. Nope, nope. <laughs> Sensible. So I, I searched it, I filtered it by high price first, and the, the most expensive dildos were about like $150. So it's like, okay, this is this is something then that's like outside the normal realm of normal Amazon type dildo mm. stuff. Like maybe you could find like a used seller that's oh. like, you know, price gouging it, offering what? it for like $1,000. But like, David, I don't think you buy used dildos on Amazon. Or maybe you can. I'm not sure. I did not look into that. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty good condition. <laughs> Few scrapes and bumps, but still works. Often bought with antiseptic wipes. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some things you don't want to share, you know? Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, so, okay. When I found that out, it's like, okay, so I can't buy this on Amazon. So let's actually look up the name of the company. It's referenced in the email. So I tried searching the the model of the dildo. And while I couldn't find the exact model, I did find something similar. I ended up on this like bulk purchasing <laughs> website. <laughs> I'm not going to say which one. And I found that I could basically buy... I think I could buy like about a hundred of them for about like sixteen eighteen per unit. So Ooh. a far cry from eight hundred and ninety dollars for just one. You know, if like I if It's a healthy I, markup. It's a healthy markup. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so I said, okay, well then there's there's kind of like a model. Let's let's get back to the email. Let's see what I can find out more about it. So I said, like, let's Let's look at the customer support number. I mean, that's the that's sort of the main crux about the email. It's saying, if you haven't placed this order, call this number. So it's like, okay, what what can I learn about this number? And as it turned out, you know, I just Googled it. I came up with several different reports about scams, including one regarding a fake Amazon.com order um, from someone named Mark Angel. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's look at the sender address for this email, see if anything comes up. Yeah. Sure enough. It comes from someone named Mark Angel. It's, uh, I'm not going to give the full email address, but it's kind of a sketchy domain name. And I looked up that email address, and there were also various spam reports using that same email address. 
So, you know, I, I didn't call the customer support number. I know lots of other people do that and have fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I got enough for a story you've, here. Yeah. You've, yeah. You've got better ways to have fun than ringing him up, right? Yeah. You want to play around with your new <laughs> toys. Exactly. It's all, yeah. already on all these bulk websites. It's like, ah, yeah, I've had my fun. So, <laughs> I, I mean, this came out oh. before um, I got this email before Prime Day. So I'm guessing it was probably like part of like a campaign to try and say, oh, you know, call these probably like tech support scammers or something like that. Maybe someone posing as an Amazon representative to try and like steal your account credentials or maybe your financial information and all that stuff. But just as a last like, hmm, interesting. I said, is there a dildo out there that's worth $890? So I... Went went to the interwebs to try and find out, and as it turns out, not only can you spend that much money on a dildo, you can spend much more. Oh. I found one, the creme of the creme of dildos. <laughs> to use a phrase, you can buy for one point three million dollars. Shut Whoa, up! Oh, for it's, goodness' sake! It's diamond studded. Ow! Ow! And that sounds uncomfortable. And it's just, you know, like, finding that type of thing, you know, I, I, I just couldn't sit back, like, and just wonder, <laughs> what would my life look like if I could spend $1.3 million on a dildo? Well, like, if you shoved it up your butt, you'd probably have a ripped butthole. That's what, that's what would happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we can blink that out. Bro. We can blink that out. Bro. <laughs> just- but diamond encrusted. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, uh, that's fancy living. <laughs> <laughs> that is fancy living. Kim Kardashian, get in touch. We want to know. <laughs> so you've never. So you still haven't received this. Is that is that why you're complaining? Is that is that the, the scam? Is, are you, are They've you charged you, but not but not sent it through. You really wanted electric blue. This is you know the purple is just putting you off. Oh. <laughs> you know you gotta wonder whether this works, right? Because if they're sending something to you like you know this is obviously a fake invoice but it's a it's a yeah. it's basic it's a dildo and then they want you to call to complain but you've got to complain about receiving this thing for a dildo and maybe that works maybe that kind of social oh, no, well, I think it does because you ring up and yeah. say there is no way I would have yeah. ordered something like this at least not for $790 Exactly. Like, if it was, like, you know, a <laughs> shipping confirmation, if, if it was, like, a confirmation thing for, like, oh, I ordered some, like, I don't know, cat food for, like, 60 bucks, then it's yeah. like, ah, probably not, but, like, 600 yeah. rolls of toilet paper, something like that. And, and something I, like and that. I guess the person on the other end of the line, they say, oh, you know, let, let me sort this out for you. I'm Amazon customer support. All I need is your password or all I need yeah. is yeah. This is a delicate your- matter. Let exactly. me just handle it for yeah. you. It's like, oh, well, we'll refund it. Just give yeah. us your payment account yeah. number. And- yeah. So the advice is don't call the number, folks. Don't. I guess Very log good. into the real Amazon and you can see there if you've ordered something or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That also helps in, you know, just in general, maybe consider getting uh, dildos elsewhere. Yeah. And now to our sponsors. Oh, no. (laughs) No, thank God. You have me as a buffer first. Oh, yes. (laughs) Carol, Carol. Yes, Graham. What have you got for us this week? Well, Graham, we've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these shows, have we not? Like, I've paid my dues. I think so. Right? You've paid your dues. Definitely. And we basically, we've proven to be reliable, right? We get a quality show out every week. Yeah, well. 
So so. <laughs> now, imagine if today you showed up 10 minutes late to our recording. Let's say you got tangled up in your curtains or something. Okay, yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say caught short on the loop. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then you finally connect with David and I, right? And you're like, hi, 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 hi. Yeah. What would you say? You'd go like, sorry, t- curtain trouble. Yeah, exactly. I'd say, yeah. <laughs> and we're supposed to know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I locked myself in the loo or something like that. Couldn't get out. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then what would you expect us to say? Go, oh, no problem. Yeah. Of Fine. Glad you're say, here. Yeah. Glad you're not dead. What if I labeled you instead of being at risk of losing your job on the Smashing Security Show? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, geez. Right? I thought we were butt buds. Well, let me introduce you to Amazon Flex. Okay. Uh, hello. So, What's that? Uh, so this is a delivery service that has been in the news this week, thanks to a Bloomberg kind of reportage that mm-hmm. basically says that Amazon Flex uses imperfect algorithms to fire its employees. And there's little to no recourse. Now, before I kick off, I know this is not a brand new topic, right? People have been writing about algorithmic hiring and firing, I don't know, almost a decade, I bet. But this is 10 years on. And David, you're a millennial, if I'm correct. I think I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Graham, you're practically a grandpa. So, so you, but you both have been, you both hustled in your time, right? You've both hustled. You've both, you know. What does that mean, hustle? Yeah, I don't You've worked, you've worked, you've worked, right? You've gone out and, you know, got jobs and done your jobs and then got paid for those jobs. Oh, okay. Right? right? In, in a kind of gig economy. Yeah. And I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on this. Like, if this is the future of work, are you glad, Graham, you're checking out soon? Or are you looking forward to it, David? That's yeah. <laughs> basically my so, question. you know something today. about me I don't know? <laughs> what? Checking out soon. Graham, can we stay on can we stay on the topic? It's my story time. The great podcast no. in the sky. <laughs> okay, so Amazon Flex. Okay, this is uh this delivery service started in 2015 and its strap line is adjust your work, not your life. Okay? Do it your way, drive your car, listen to your music, and get paid. And so the big sales pitch around here is that you can work when you want to, um, in your own car, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I think I've got a mate who does this. Oh, yeah? Because the other day, I, I, ha- I had an Amazon delivery, and he came to the door, and he handed over the thing and all the rest of it, and I said, thank you very much, and he went off. And then 30 seconds later, he knocked on the door, and he went, Graham Cluley. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me. Yeah, yeah. Tell, and it yeah. was some guy who I used to know like 20 or 30 years ago. I oh, haven't wow. seen him since. Did, you did not remember his no, name? I, did I did remember his name. Steve. Oh, wow. I, I knew his surname as well, but I won't say it here. But yeah, it was Steve. And so we had a little chat. Jeez. And I don't even live where I used to, where he used to live and where I used to live ages ago. So it was, it was a bit of a surprise. But this is what he does. He drives his car and he does Amazon deliveries. Yeah. Okay. Well, did he meet this criteria? Because this is okay. the criteria you need to, to meet to work as an Amazon flex worker. Okay. Mm-hmm. You need a car. Okay. And it needs to be a four door mid-sized car or larger. Mm-hmm. Okay, no motorbikes, no scooters, no no two doors. Um, you need to be at least 18. They'll do a background and criminal record check on you, potentially. And uh, and you need to have business class three insurance, which I looked up in the UK is about, uh, looks like the average is 550 pounds. So okay. I would be not surprised if people were paying about a grand a year for that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you need to have an Android phone or an iOS phone. And you will maybe make between 13 and 15 quid an hour, or in the States, 18 to $25 an hour. And the reason there's like this bread of money is whether you get tips or not, you might make more. 
right? If someone tips, do people mm. tip Amazon drivers? Do you tip? Oh, no, I've never, I've never even thought of people tip. do. People do. Do they? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. But what's the criterion that you use? I know, like, because you don't know what you're getting off of the half the time. So, right. You, know, like, you don't know how long it's taken. I mean, I don't know. Weird. I don't know. We should maybe you just offer cookies. <laughs> cookies and cake and flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Quite often I receive parcels which actually intended for my neighbor. And so I have to complete the last bit of the delivery on the behalf of the Amazon driver who appears to be too. Yeah, you don't want to be out 10 quid. Does your neighbor time? tip you thinking well, that you're the Amazon well, driver? I'm, just, I'm wondering if I can make money from Amazon Flex for doing the final part of the package. <laughs> no, just, just get like an Amazon hat know. and just walk over. It's like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, something else you need to note is uh, they have no trouble finding contractors. That's what they call them. Mm. These are not employees, they're contractors, mm. right? Yeah. So, globally, four million drivers have downloaded the app. So, who knows if they're all on the roads, but they're active on the app, mm. including about three million in the States. This is according to App Annie. Okay. So let's say you wanted to be one of these drivers, right? You pass all these checks, you have an insured car, you got the app, and you basically use it like Tinder, okay? You peruse the offerings, like, uh, and they're done in blocks. So like, let's say maybe it's four square blocks of a city or one square block of a city, depending on where you are. When you say it works a bit like Tinder, are you sort of swiping through to see the attractiveness of the recipient and think, oh, yes, I'll live a <laughs> no. thing for her? Oh, gosh. You're, you're looking Yikes. at where you have to pick up these these packages and where you need to deliver them to and you might go and you might see how much amazon is offering to pay you so they might say here's five deliveries uh, within this area of the city about two miles from where you are right now and we'll give you 30 bucks minimum if you get them all delivered in time i think my way's better i think if all amazon customers uploaded photographs of themselves looking sexy and then we could get deliveries more quickly yep. nothing would go wrong yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, next week's episode. Yeah, all women right now are, are thinking it's fantastic. TM, yeah. TM, it's trademarked. Yeah, it's all yours. Okay, so Graham, stay with me. You've passed all the checks. You've, you're looking at the app and you're going, hey, there's some packages I can deliver and this is how much I'm going to get. And I, got, I have got an hour free. Let's go. And you go off and you deliver these things and on it goes. From the moment you sign on, this is according to Bloomberg, okay, quote, flex drivers discover algorithms are monitoring their every move. Mm. Did they get to the delivery station when they said they would? Did they complete their route in the prescribed window? Did they leave the package in full view of porch pirates instead of hidden behind the planter as requested? And Amazon algorithms scan the gusher of incoming data for, for performance patterns and decide which drivers get more routes and which are deactivated. Okay. By deactivated, oh. fired. Okay, it's mm -hmm. a kind of send, weird like a word. Terminator or something. Yeah, it's like you are deactivated. <laughs> yes, you have imploded as far as I'm concerned. That's really threatening language. <laughs> What's even worse is like human feedback. So any communications with any team leader or anything is super rare. Okay, so you get these automated emails, but most of the time you have this rating system, which basically says whether you're doing good or bad. And there's four categories, fantastic, great, fair, at risk. And so every day, these, you're basically obsessed with these staying at the fantastic level. Yeah. Um, and we know this from Uber and Lyft and all these kind of things. <laughs> Black Mirror. <laughs> right? So, so... So one of the arguments is like Uber and Lyft, you, if you're the customer and you're in the car and there's a traffic jam, you're kind of aware that it's not the driver's fault, that mm. there's just shit tons of traffic. So you're less likely to go one star. It took me four minutes longer than I expected. 
But if you're waiting for a package and it happens to be late and you decide to give a shitty rating or complain, you can get someone fired. You know how I was saying, Graham, if I just got rid of you after ten, if a little fuck up of being 10 minutes late, right, on the show. Yeah. So one of the stories Bloomberg talks about is this woman, Nedrush, 42-year-old bus driver, school bus driver, mom of three, right, lives in Texas. Uh, and then she was making deliveries through the Amazon Flex app from 2017, you know, just to make a bit of extra money to pay for kids' activities. Pandemic hits, schools close, she doesn't have any work and has no money. But thanks for Amazon Flex, she, this becomes her primary income. She estimates she's delivered about 8,000 packages, okay, in that time. 8,000. Yeah. <laughs> so all's great. But one day while flexing, she spots a nail in her tire, okay? She's already picked up the packages. And uh-huh. um, she calls them and goes, I don't know what to do. And they say, you have to come and bring them back to the delivery station. And she was really afraid that it would blow her tire because guess what? That's her money, right? That's her responsibility if she fucks the whole tire. She has to pay for that, get that fixed to carry on working. But she goes because she doesn't want to lose her rating. And uh, despite explaining the situation, her rating dropped from great to at risk. So from the top level to the bottom level, just like that. She, and it was for, for abandoning the route. That's why she got that, that thing. Right. So then, you know, she gets an email to say that she violated Flex's terms of service. And that's all she gets. She goes, as a result, you are no longer eligible to participate in Amazon Flex program and you won't be able to sign into the Amazon Flex app. That's it. So, so then you're like, okay, well, how do you, how do you say, whoa, you guys got something wrong? I did what you told me to do, right? Like, how do you, and apparently the support is just abysmal. So if you have a complaint, there's no real useful way to get an answer. So you can appeal a termination if you, if within the 10 days, but then you send an email, no one answers. You follow up, no one answers. Yeah. There's no money they're going to make, is there? From Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And after doing loads and loads of follow-up, um, she finally gets a message saying, we're still reviewing your appeal. Then a week later, we reviewed the information and take another look at your history. Our position has not changed and we won't be reinstating your access to the Amazon Flex program. We wish you success in the future endeavors. Wow. And this woman almost lost her house, right? This was during the pandemic. Oh. So I don't know. Don't you think it's a bit like me getting rid of you for being late f- 10 minutes for a recording on episode 234? Like, um, it's that shitty. 8,000 packages. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but if they have, what, did you say 4 million people signed up to this Flex thing? Worldwide, yeah. How much, how much resource would they have to put in to, to manage that manually? I don't know. And Amazon is all about algorithms, isn't it? This is how they've become such a Goliath. Hmm. <laughs> and you, if you want to appeal, take it to arbitration, you can pay $200 to do that. But few do because people say it's a complete waste of time. It's no secret to anyone that no, Amazon is a very curious company because in some ways it's incredible and amazing because you can buy anything there and it gets delivered really, really quickly. But I think it's, it's no secret that they're a ghastly and horrible company to work for or work with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... It, there was a number of these. I went to Reddit to look around, right? Mm. And people were saying, like, I went and the roads were flooded, you know, and I couldn't get through. And I've now just been dropped in one hour. I was dropped from fabulous to shit. And some other guy in the notes said, I don't know why you just didn't take your shoes off and walk it over. I've done that before. Wow. <laughs> right? Just wow. to keep their fantastic rating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it just seems to me... The way they're suckering people into these gigs is by the high money at the beginning, the 20 bucks at the beginning. But I think people are forgetting 
that that you have to have a car, you have to have insurance, you have to keep your phone up to date, you've got, you know, and you can be dinged by factors way outside your control. And there's no real appeals process or anyone you can complain to when shit hits the fan. Mm. And like, why are people taking these jobs instead of working at a supermarket where maybe you get paid a little less and you don't have the flex hours? So those are the two things you've got to, you know, you've got to be at your job at particular times if you're working in a restaurant or a supermarket or a store. Well, I mean, I guess I guess the advantage some, sometimes, like especially you know, if you're if you're a single parent and it's the mm. pandemic and stuff like that, you can try and work around like you know, if you're doing like homeschooling with your kids, so you know, like a sitter or something like that. I mean, like maybe doing a nine to five at a supermarket just is outside Absolutely. what's possible. Yeah, and you need to have that flexibility because you don't know. Or maybe you're looking after someone who's ill, right? Sure. And you're like, oh, yeah. they're finally going to sleep. I can, I've got three hours to go make some cash. Yeah. The thing that pisses me off the most about this is I went and checked Amazon's money because I was thinking, oh, maybe they're hurting, right? <laughs> the oh, maybe they're a bit hard maybe, up. Amazon. Maybe they're hard yeah. up and they're not Poor able to pay people better and they can't, you know. So net sales increased 44% to $108.5 billion, get this, in the first quarter. <laughs> that little? In the first quarter. They are hurting. They are hurting. Uh, they're rolling in it and despite that they're basically saying oh anyway so do we need better legislation so in the states there's a u.s senator chris coons he introduced the algorithmic fairness act which would require the ftc to create rules to ensure that these algorithms are being used equitably so there's no bias for example in decisions and there's a there's an opportunity to reverse mistakes but apparently his proposals have gone nowhere But recently, the UK's Trade Union Congress, TUC, warned about what it calls a huge gap in UK unemployment law over the use of artificial intelligence at work. So literally saying that AI uh, at work could be used to improve productivity in working lives, but it's already being used to make life-changing decisions about people at work who are getting hired and fired. So that's good. I think that's good that they're acknowledging it. We need to think about what to do with these wonderful drivers don't you think it's time to be a bit nicer to your drivers and give them the benefit of the doubt if they're five minutes late? So if you're going to tip, for example, don't tip, don't tip through the app, just tip in cash, right? So that Amazon algorithms don't get to use these numbers to adjust how much you might make working for them, because that's what they're doing. They're like, on average, people get about 20 quid for you know, a four hour shift. So therefore, that's how much you can make. They add it on to the money they'll give you. It's disgusting. I don't know, I don't know Carol. Now, I mean, is it is it something like if you don't tip through the app, will they interpret that as like huh. satisfaction on the part of the customer? Wow, yeah. Oh. Interesting. See, I, I like where you're thinking, David. I, I actually thought of something else, which is I, I don't know when an Amazon parcel is meant to be delivered to me, right? But if someone comes to my door, knocks on my door and gives me a brown Amazon parcel, if I could give them money, I suppose. I could give them a couple of quid, say thank you very much, whatever. But... Maybe when I then later open that parcel, I find out, oh, that wasn't an Amazon delivery man. That's just someone who's going door to door with Amazon parcels in order to get tips. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Scammer. Am I too, yeah. am I too cynical to think this? That could happen. No, I don't no, I, think I, so. Yeah. I think I'm talking about the story because I think I fucked up actually recently. So I ordered something from TK Maxx the other day, right? An mm-hmm. expensive thing and a not so expensive but bulky thing. Mm. box arrives i'm really nice you're great yay you know inside it is a delivery receipt for both items but only the cheap big bulky thing is in there Ah, and i freak out a bit and i email the company and then an hour later the guy shows up with the other package 
the expensive thing arrives, but it also has an invoice for both items in that box. Mm-hmm. So I felt like a Muppet because obviously I, I obviously I emailed them back right away saying, stand down, all's cool. But what if that doesn't matter? It's just an algorithm that goes, oh, complaint, yeah. bye, John, or whatever. Yeah. It's too awful to think. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. Cheery well note done. to end on. Well done. Ruined someone's life. Well done. I, yeah, thanks. I know. It's the worst. <laughs> Smashing Security is sponsored this week by the experts at 1Password. Did you know that almost two-thirds of all IT workers admit to reusing enterprise secrets between different projects, creating a potential gateway for attackers? 1Password's new research report hiding in plain sight, reveals the breadth and depth of mismanaged business secrets like code, passwords, credentials and keys, and that secrets mismanagement is the next big cybersecurity threat. Learn more by reading the full report at onepasswordcom resources, and thanks to 1Password for supporting the show. And welcome back, and you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. All right, David. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something like that. It could be a funny story, a book, they've read a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related, necessarily. Better not be. Well, my Pick of the Week this week is not security-related. Um, I, I, d- I don't know if listeners have picked this up. David Kroll, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But I consider myself very much a renaissance man. I'm a fine I've athlete. always thought that about you. <laughs> an excellent scholar, I have an ear for music, a talent for art, and a way with the ladies. <laughs> and um, I, I think I'm the I'm I'm the all round package. But but then I come across other people with talents as well. People who maybe are even more artistic than me. <laughs> David, <laughs> I invite you to visit a website. Type it into your browser right now. And you listening at home? I I feel like this is just social engineering. <laughs> Why can't I go visit? You can as well, Kroll, if you wish. If if you wish to, you can. Listeners, don't do this if you're driving your car in charge of heavy machinery. Wait until you're in a safe place and then go to a website called Kroll. (laughs) Kroll Kroll.wtf. Not .com. Kroll, so that's Carol with an E on the end. Kroll.wtf. I don't know what WTF stands for. Give it a try. And what you will find there, what you will find there, is a website of art from our very own Carol. How do you spell? How do you pronounce your second name? Theriot Terrio. Carol Terrio. You can find out on the homepage. It tells you how to say it. it doesn't tell you how to say Carol. Oh, wow, these are incredible. Oh, Shut so- up, Dave. Keep going. No, Keep no. Going. <laughs> no, looking at the one, like, I'm looking on the uh, the art gallery one, like, the first one with the field and, like, the color. Like, it's, oh. this is awesome. Oh, you see. Oh, so, oh the light, I'm the lighthouse. Parole, for the last couple of years, wow. maybe, has been painting. Oh, Mindscape? Mindscape? Oh, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Dave, I love you. And she sends them to me and some of her other friends. And she's quite clever. But Carole is a little bit shy. <laughs> you wouldn't know that. And But this website has just been created with amazing artwork. Who could have known she was so talented? <laughs> Carole.wtf wow. is my pick 
of the week. Oh, now I feel like a dick for being a jerk to you the whole show. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I do. Jeez, this is incredible. Isn't oh, she clever? I mean, it is amazing yeah. because if I tried to paint something, <laughs> it, would look, <laughs> it would look like someone in a straitjacket had painted something with a paintbrush shoved between his teeth. That's, that's, that's how my painting would look. It would look like a two-year-old. It's really weird seeing them because they're all obviously physical, real paintings, not digital paintings, right? Yes. So it's kind of weird seeing them up here and looking at them like this. But it's very exciting. It's just scary as shit. You know? It'd be cool, like, you know, maybe you could have, like, prints and stuff or, like, people could, like, order some. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, I would, I would order, like, Gold Country. I mean, would that's, you? like, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, you Thanks, could put David. these up on Redbubble, maybe, Crow. You could get prints. Maybe some people would like them on the T-shirt. I'm open to advice on this, if there's any artists out there that want to recommend if I do this. But I was thinking Society6 is the one I was thinking about. Oh, I don't know. I think Mindscape, that could be on the cover of a prog rock album. <laughs> yep. Greg the Goat. Greg the Goat could be on the cover of maybe a, a yogurt or something <laughs> like that in the supermarket. So it's, I mean, some of them are funny. Some of them are spooky. Carole.wtf. Have I mentioned the domain name? <laughs> what, what made you choose that domain name, Carole? Uh, it's very easy to remember. Okay. Yeah. So, it's uh, somehow no, appropriate also... for you as well. Well, yes. And you won't forget it. <laughs> very cool. Very Thank cool. Thank you. Okay. That's really sweet. David, what's your pick of the week? Um, all right. Well, there is a there's a new album that came out um, earlier this year. Um, it's by this artist called uh, Porter Robinson. That's his name. Um, it's it's sort of like calling it EDM sort of reduces it because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of other influences that go into it. But it is electronic music. So he came out with this new album this year called Nurture, and it's it's just incredible. Like you know, if you're I mean, especially with it being summer. Mm. Um, and if you're just like chilling and stuff like that, like just putting this on and just like sort of losing yourself for an hour while you're like, you know, just staring absentmindedly outside is is an afternoon well spent. Cool. Um, I, I find myself like constantly listening to certain songs like Look at the Sky, Wind Tempos, Something Comforting. Like it is truly incredible. So can't recommend that enough. Really. Just give it a listen. He's got a very slick website. A lot Seriously. more whiz-bang than me, I tell ya. So I'm checking, <laughs> Porter Robinson, I've just been look, reading about this. He he describes the music as quite melancholic, is that right? A lot of pain and sadness, is there some of that going on with it? Yes, a lot of nostalgia in it. Yeah, what's wrong with, there's nothing, you like sad music, Graham. Oh no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I love this. I'm totally going to turn this on tomorrow when I do my little painting time and check it mm. out. That's how I'll do it. See what happens. Fantastic. Carol, what's your pick of the week? Is it in fact your website? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do it. I'm too scared. Um, okay. Mine is a show called Ways of Seeing. This was a 1972, Graham. Did you have pubic hair by then? I don't Goodness know. Goodness sake. 1972. Yikes. That's a question. <laughs> <laughs> Ways of Seeing, 1972 television series, Kate. Mm -hmm. Four-parter, 30-minute films each. They're created by John Berger and producer Mike Dibb. Um, this was broadcast originally on BBC Two, and it was adapted into a book of the same name. Now, you can find these shows on YouTube, and my advice is run, don't walk to watch this. It is 
to me, like quintessential viewing for anyone who is a bit of a creative. It will make you think about what you see, how you see, and how the very act of looking is effectively political. And I can see Graham right now is rolling his eyes. No, not at all. I've, I've, really? I've, I've watched this video. I've, I've seen Have this chat. you? Yes. And... And it's fascinating. He he seems an extremely interesting person. He and is. I, I, I would thoroughly recommend people watch this video. Cool. Okay, well, so it's a bit like the best way to explain it is if, hey, for example, I wanted to see David by Michelangelo, the statue, mm. and I decided to do a pilgrimage to Florence to see it in person with my own eyes and, and you know, and I, I spend the money, plan the trip, all the shit. And that will have an entirely different experience to me seeing a thumbnail image of it in my browser. Right. But both people have seen the image or have seen it in some way. So he kind of discusses all this. And the one thing I learned today is this series is said to have introduced the term male gaze during the series. And feminists took hold of it. And um, yeah. Anyway, I just think it is incredible. There's a book as well that uh, talks about the same issues. And there's a few more essays in it. Some of them are just visual essays. Um, So if you love art or know anyone that loves art and you want to support them, this, you can obviously just go to my site and say it's great. Or you can, you can read and watch John Berger's Way of Seeing, and it'll help you communicate and talk with them and support them. So there you go. That's my pick of the week. Awesome. Fantastic. What a cultural clasp of picks of the week we have had this week. I think we've all done jolly well. And that just about wraps up the Hood Show for this week. David, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online and find out what you're up to. What's the best way for folks to do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can find me online, um, you know, with uh, Twitter. Um, I'm at DM Bisson. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there too and just write regularly for like IBM and, and Zix and all these other companies. So, um, you know, if you if you want to hit me up and if you have any jobs or anything like that too, I'm always looking. So, uh, you know, reach out. You know, I'm, I'm available. Do it, people. He's great. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter wouldn't last to have a G. And you can join us as well on our Smashing Security subreddit. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode. Please follow Smashing Security in your favourite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Pocket Casts. And thanks to this week's episode sponsor, 1Password, and to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all. This show is free for episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest list, and the entire back catalogue of more than 234 episodes. Check out SmashingSecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Excellent, guys. Well done, David. Well done, Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. I'm sorry you can't hear each other. Okay. (laughs) Oh, he can't hear me either. It's almost like better this way. Yeah, he can't hear you. You can't hear him. And I'm... Yeah, I don't have to listen to Graham prattle on. I mean, it's... (laughs) Graham, he just said you were amazing and he misses your voice. David, you were awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, Graham says you're a shitbag. So, there you go. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. Hey, everybody. Carol here. This week, I thought I would share with you... How the sausages sometimes made at Smashing Security. We had a bit of a snafu, but I think we've hidden it fairly well. I don't know why I'm telling you about it now, but maybe because it's funny. So, while we were recording this episode, we had just finished up David's pick of the week. And suddenly, 
David and Graham could no longer hear each other. Listen to this. Um, you guys can't hear each other. Oh, David Bisson has left. Oh, no, I can't hear Uh-oh. anything with Graham. Okay, well, look, if this, is, this will maybe work. Graham, go to my story. Okay, we'll say it's amazing. Go to me. We're going to crack this on. We can do this. We're all recording locally, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Should we try? Should we try? Yeah, but don't we want David on the call, on the recording? We're so I close. Can hear David. So, basically, we carried on recording the show with me as the proper middle woman. Fun. Maybe you want to re-listen and see if you can spot it. But, you know, we're pretty profesh. As always, thank you to all of you for your support and kind words. It means the world. See you guys next week.